Good morning, Gator Nation, and welcome to another recruiting-centric episode of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast. I am your host, Neil Shulman. You can follow me on Twitter at All Kinds Weather, on Instagram at All Kinds Weather Blog, and on Facebook and YouTube under the name In All Kinds of Weather. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Dustin Smith. You can follow him on Twitter at IAKLW Dustin. Our new contributor, Chris Yanes, is also with us today at Mr. Chris Pitts on Twitter. And we have a lot to talk about today. The Gators, most notably, picking up a five-course feast on the recruiting trail this past week. We're here to talk about all five of those new additions to the Gators recruiting class or I should say recruiting classes. The Gators also opened up a new facility. We will talk about that. That has been several years in the making. But as always, we've got to start off the show with a quick word about our sponsors slash partners. As always, we are proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation, a nonprofit organization that works to send an underprivileged Gator fan to the swamp. The Gator Good Foundation collects donations from fans and uses them to bring someone to his or her first ever Florida Gator football game. We pay for flights, for rental cars, hotels, game tickets, gear, swag, food, and just generally make sure that they have the swamp experience of a lifetime. We have closed our applications for this season, about to announce our winner very soon, actually. Um, Going to bring this person slash these people to the Florida-Missouri game on October 8th. But if you believe that you or someone you know is worthy of the honor for next season, please email us gatorgoodfoundation at gmail.com. As always, though they're not expected, donations are very much appreciated. So to donate to our cause, please go to our website, gatorgoodfoundation.com and click on the donate button. Second, we are proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting into your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients. Whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, here are three great reasons why you should choose Stingray Branding. Number one is it is a veteran-owned business. Can't think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving them business. Number two, it is run by a UF alum and avid Gator fan. Number three, I can personally vouch for them because they produced my new logo, our new logo, the In All Kinds of Weather new logo, the new Gator Collective website. They have also did Gator Good Foundation website, and they've got a lot more Gator-related stuff coming up on the horizon. So they do great work, and they're owned by a U.S. veteran who happens to be a UF alum and big Gator fan, and they happen to have done several Gator-related projects that I could personally vouch for them on. So definitely check them out at stingraybranding.com to view their services and rates. And before we get into the recruiting piece of our episode, got to shout out Gator tennis star Ben Shelton. Just took down the number five player in professional tennis in Casper Ruud from Norway in this warm-up tournament for the U.S. Open that's in Cincinnati. Shelton himself has rocketed all the way up to 177 in the world with that last win. He played Cameron Norrie from Britain yesterday, the number nine player in the world, just after we recorded this podcast, so we don't have that result yet. But as of this recording, he is 177 in the world. At the very least, 
he will be in the third round of this tournament in Cincinnati, this professional tour tournament in Cincinnati. He will also be in the U.S. Open later this month. That is one of the big four uh, Grand Slam tournaments. So this kid's a star in the making. He does have two years remaining of eligibility at the University of Florida. As of a month ago, I know he was planning to come back to Florida. We haven't really talked since because he's been very, very busy. I'm not sure if that's still the case after the monster month that he's had. But regardless, a true Gator great already. If he does leave, he's already cemented his legacy. He clinched the Gators' first team national championship in men's tennis in 2021 with his win at fifth singles for the Gators over Baylor. He won the individual singles natty in 2022, which also happened to make for back-to-back -back years that a Gator had won it after his teammate Sam Riffis won it in 2021. Just absolutely a meteoric rise for Ben Shelton, the coach's son, the Gainesville product, University of Florida legend. If his career is over, he's already a legend. If he's not, hey, he'll just come back to further his legend at the University of Florida. If he doesn't come back, he will be all set to start raking in a lot of money just for just for his first two wins this week in Cincinnati, he earned himself about thirty thousand dollars. Think it was think the prize money is twenty eight thousand seven thirty. And just for appearing in the U.S. Open later this month, it's an even seventy five thousand. Which is if he loses that first round match. So right there, that's almost one hundred and four thousand dollars. And again, that's for three weeks of work. That's not a year's salary. That's just for winning two matches at one tournament and simply qualifying for the U.S. Open. And obviously, if he keeps winning, that prize money just goes up even higher and, and, it, and it goes up pretty quickly. So as a Gator, I'd love to see him back. But if he changes his mind, it's really, really hard to blame him. Um, but anyway, got to shout him out. Got to get his name on the airwaves because he has just been absolutely killing it and representing the University of Florida, representing the Everything School as well as one can. That said, Chris and Dustin are both with us today, as mentioned at the top of the show. We are kind of pressed for time recording today, and we have a lot to get to, so we'll get right into it. Big weekend for Florida last weekend on the recruiting trail. Dustin, you did not get to be a part of the state of the program address pod that we did last week, so we'll just start by sneaking your big picture thoughts in the start of the pod. So brand new facility. Recruiting is great. We'll talk about that in a lot more detail momentarily. We're two weeks away from kickoff. How would you assess the current state of the Gators football program? Yeah, guys. Well, it's certainly amazing to be back. and my perspective on the state of the program can be summed up by three words blue chip billy we all know that it starts and ends on the recruiting trail for college football and what billy napier has done over the last few months on the recruiting trail along with his entire army uh, of support staff including katie turner um it's been nothing short of miraculous in terms of what I'm seeing. I mean, you think about the optics of this Gator football team, a team that went six and seven just last year. Obviously, we can provide many qualifiers to that statement, six and seven. Certainly, it wasn't a six and seven team in terms of talent. But as far as the product on the field, that's what the entire country saw. And now we're winning recruiting battles against the likes of Georgia and Alabama. And we'll get to that. Uh, more so in this podcast, but I just want to I just want to mention that. On top of that, I I think that there's a lot of people in the media 
and out there, even even Gator fans. I know that that uh, that Goodall, who, who you had in, in the um, in the state of the program pod, um, he he's even down on Florida. I I I mean, we'll we'll get to it in a later podcast. When we break down the season, but this Gator team can turn some heads. Now I know that if we can stay healthy, we'll turn some heads. Anthony Richardson, he's a guy who's being looked at as a as a first round draft pick for crying out loud. He's a talented quarterback, yet he's not even considered to be one of the top four quarterbacks in the SEC. I think that's ludicrous. I'll put him right up there with the top quarterbacks in the SEC, and we'll see it. Okay, You want to talk about the state of the program with Dan Mullen in, in his final year? We, we were on the way down, but now we are on the way up, baby. And I just want to say that. That to all Gator Nation who's down on Florida this year, yeah, it's a rebuilding year. Yeah, we shouldn't expect the Gators to win a natty this year. But we're not going to go 6-6 six and six this year. We're going to win some games. We're going to turn some heads. And it's going to start week one against Utah. And I'm not going to say we're going to beat Utah. But we're, we're sure going to give them a game. And I know that with the swamp through with 90-plus thousand fans, don't be surprised if Florida's on top. We I'm got mid-season form dusting already here. I love it. I typically have a orange and blue glasses tint when I look at, at, at Gator Nation, but I think there's a lot to be excited about, and it starts and it ends with Blue Chip Billy, and that's my uh, my two cents for the state of the program. So for those of y'all who are new listeners, uh, Dustin is the eternal optimist of the pod. Last year did a number on him. like that. That took a toll on him, and by, I think, the South Carolina game, he was kind of – kind of in line with the rest of us in terms of you know yeah this is something is not right here but he's he's back he's back we got the dust and we know and love back that's great um so as we as we touched on to start the show obviously big weekend on the recruiting trail last week it starts off no it's not it wasn't the weekend it was last wednesday night where we got the flip of Jaden robinson from south carolina the hilarious thing about this was we put out a tweet on the in all kinds of weather recruiting twitter page the day he committed to south carolina on july 4th where we said florida just offered him he just committed to south carolina but i don't know if that changes things long term south carolina fans flooded that tweet with their various forms of nonsense and of course being me i had to go back and have a little fun with each and every one of them but anyway florida got a ball player there too beyond just the bragging rights so chris we'll start with you because you haven't talked yet um what do you think of mr robinson I mean, Robinson's great. It's a good get, finally, to have a, a linebacker in the recruiting class for 2023. We needed one uh, to get that going. We talked about it in a few podcasts back uh, when we were talking strictly about recruiting, and, and his name did come up as somebody that we said at the time silently visited for Friday Night Lights, and we, I think we both had agreed that that was a, a very strong flip candidate then. I think we both actually predicted that it would happen, and it did come to fruition this past week. So, it's a good get just to get the linebacker room uh, for 2023 starting to get filled up. Uh, that being said, I do think he's a prospect that is going to need some time for development. Um, so, you know, this is a guy that probably projects as somebody that won't make an impact till his uh, second, probably more like his third year in the program. Although obviously it will depend on depth and, and where we are at, in that room in the next couple of years. But I, I do, I do see him as somebody that, uh, you know, he's a very physical football player kind of reminds me a little bit more of the David Reese mold, you know, short, but very um, built 
And I think he's going to be able to pack some weight on it and, and um, bulk up a little bit. Um, so I could definitely see him end up in that sort of middle linebacker, inside linebacker role in this defense. But I do think it's a good get, and we really needed linebackers. We're going to need a couple of, I think, at least one more, maybe two in this class. Personally, I don't think we're done flipping South Carolina kids yet. Um, that's just my two cents on the matter, but we'll see where that goes. But th- that was a big flip to get. We got that going, and, and I'm, we're, I'm definitely happy to see that he finally got in the class. And we got a Lake City kid. It's always good to get those local kids. Lake City is an area that I know we, uh, back in the day, we tried to get to Laramie Tunsil, didn't work out. Um, and that's just an area we haven't really hit too hard on the recruit or haven't had much success on the recruiting trail. Finally got that success by uh, landing Jaden Robinson. I think this guy's super underrated. I mean, he runs a four, seven, 40 yard dash four five shuttle. I mean, this guy's verified speed, you know, Billy Napier is really big on that. On top of that, he's a hard hitter. If you've seen his tape, he is a headhunter, and that is huge at linebacker. I mean, you go back to the last time we had historically game-breaking linebackers, besides my boy, or your boy, I should say, Neil James Houston. That guy was a headhunter. But I think about Antonio Morrison, and his most famous hit was that big-time hit in the FSU game where he caused the fumble. When I see Jaden Robinson's film, I think Antonio Morrison, and I think he's going to be the guy that when he develops, when he fills out his frame, He's going to be a big-time impact player for the Florida Gators, and I'm really glad that we flipped him. I can see him growing into an Antonio Morrison. I think, though, like Chris said, he's going to need time. I think he's – I don't know that I want to predict a redshirt. I think that's kind of a crappy thing to predict about a kid when he comes into Florida, but I think that it's it's more likely that he does redshirt than he becomes a Morrison type where he he's – I mean, because he was a freshman when he made that hit in 2012 against FSU, so I think that that's – more likely of a path, but the upside's obviously huge. I mean, he talked about his speed. That's obviously something that is critical to have at every position in the SEC. I mean, yeah, all, all the tools are there. I mean, he's he's fast. He can make big hits. He can make the sure tackle, which is something that I mean, some headhunters are big hit or, or big miss, and he can make the sure tackle. He can wrap up and bring the guy to the ground. He can attack the right hip. There's a lot of that on the tape where he makes the garden variety sure tackles um we'll just have to see how he develops and we'll have to see exactly what he develops into i can see him playing inside linebacker i can also see him playing outside depending on depending on need but definitely a guy that i'm glad we got like chris said getting a kid from lake city obviously very very important to do so that is number one of the five that florida got last weekend number two Kelby Collins from Alabama grew up a huge fan of the Crimson Tide. He grew up, I mean, really, he grew up during their heyday. His pretty much his whole life since he was, I mean, like post breastfeeding, his whole life was Alabama dominating. I mean, his early years were Alabama, like 08, 09, 10 with Ingram and Julio Jones. More recently, he's seen them, you know, win natties with Tua um, and Devontae. But this is a kid that, that, lived and breathed Alabama football from the state of Alabama and Florida got him. So Chris, we'll start with you. What's your take on Kelby Collins, the player? This is the biggest recruiting win yet in the Billy Napier era. Kelby Collins for everybody believed was Alabama bound and Alabama lock a couple of months ago, even, even, even after he took his official visit to Florida, both parents wanted him to go to Alabama. They were Alabama fans. 
You know, he's from the state of Alabama, a talented top 100 kid. Nick Saban has been able to pick whoever he wants it really in the top 100 yet alone in the state of Alabama. So, and this is a guy obviously at, we've talked about in the past, the biggest position potentially of need for this team. And he is a guy that I think, to be honest, it's a shame he doesn't have eligibility this coming year, because I think he's a guy that already has the size to play in the SEC. I think his tape is incredible. He's extremely disruptive at the defensive line. You know, he could probably, I see him early on playing strong side defensive end, but he could definitely pack on um, some size to his frame and end up sliding inside and playing, but I get three technique kind of the way Gervon Dexter is going to be playing this year. But I see this guy as an instant impact player, mainly, be, I mean, if anything, because we have such a huge need on the defensive line, but this is a guy that is going to make an impact. I believe his freshman year, he already has the size, the skill um, to play right now in the SEC. So, and, and just the, it's a huge recruiting win to get that. We beat Alabama and we beat Georgia. Georgia was in it too. So, you know, to be able to finally start winning these battles, we've beaten them for Shamar James last year, uh, Kamari Wilson, but now Kelby Collins, a huge in-state Alabama kid that we finally got a big recruiting victory um, on the defensive line. So this is a huge get. And and I think as we we saw as the weekend went on, it sort of kept the momentum going. So this is one of those guys who's now the headliner of the class and is going to be able to continue to recruit more elite kids, hopefully, uh, in the 2023 class. Yeah, Chris, I want to echo what you said. This is the biggest recruiting win thus far. And I say thus far because we have some expectation for some five stars down the line, but we'll get to that. As far as Kelby Collins, he is talented. I mean, when you watch his tape, I know I say this a lot, but he's a man amongst boys, and I really mean that. He is unblockable at the high school level. He has a knack for getting to the ball. I don't know how many times on tape has he not only blown up the play at the line of scrimmage, but then he's made a, a U-turn to tackle the player and make the play on the outside. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I, I mean I've seen a lot of talented high school tape, but there's a reason why he's almost a five-star. I mean. Again, to, to echo what you said about the whole Alabama uh, storyline, it's a big deal to go into the state of Alabama and get them. Now, I know with Aiden Mizell, that was also a big-time get-at-wide receiver, but he was a legacy. He's a guy that was bound for Florida, regardless of who the coach was, regardless of who was recruiting. Kelby Collins, this is a big win, big win for KB Turner, big win for Billy Napier, big win for uh, Coach Chaos and Patrick Tony. Patrick Tony who we uh, have aptly called the wizard. And not yeah, only is a wizard off the field or on the field, he's a wizard off the field in the recruiting trail. That was JD's name for him. We didn't come up with that. We got to give him his proper dues. Oh, yeah, give JD all the credit. Jerry's Perkins came on our show and came up with that um, that nickname, and he called uh, – yeah, he had nicknames for a lot of people that show. Um, oh, yeah. So I don't know exactly what – the formula is for each particular fan in terms of how you gauge the biggest recruiting victory. If we're talking the biggest recruiting win in terms of at a position of need, sure. It's gotta be Kelby Collins. If you're talking biggest recruiting win overall, I still say Kamari Wilson because of, of the ridiculously short amount of time he had to do that and to go ahead and just take them away from them with virtually no time to do anything. But Regardless, it's, it's a monster win. It is it is huge to go into Alabama and take a kid away from Nick Saban that 
that really wanted him. First of all, it wasn't like they already had 40 different defensive linemen listed ahead of them on their board. And he was a backup option. Uh, no, this kid grew up an Alabama fan and Nick Saban had his eye on him for a long time. So huge, huge win there. Um, I mean, the, the physical traits are great, nasty, nasty hands. That's just knock someone off their feet. Um, he has great feet himself, great closing speed for a guy of his size. Um, I think he's, I think he's six, five, two seventy five officially. Um, the versatility is, is tremendous. I, I love that. Yeah. He's probably going to project best as an interior lineman. Um, I think Chris, yeah. Yeah. Like Chris said, maybe the three technique, but he's definitely athletic enough that if, if you put him at edge and you, t- and you teach him the, you know, the ropes of how to produce off the edge, I think he could do just fine. And he could be a very serviceable piece in the sec at the edge position. So definitely someone that I think Florida can kind of play around with and see where he fits best and where he works best for the rest of his teammates, but a huge get for sure. Definitely someone that I think is a headliner of the class along with Mizell, um, Marcus Stokes, because the quarterback I think usually is the headliner of the class, but between him, Mizell, um, maybe Trayvon Webb. And if we get Cormani McLean, maybe he'll be one too, but definitely one of the headliners of a class that's stockpiled with blue chips. So speaking of another blue chip commit that Florida got at the same position, just a few hours later, Will Norman committing that night, the same day that Kelby Collins committed. Chris, I think we've established the order here. You go first. Uh, what do you think? In a, in a huge position of need. Uh, Will Norman, I think we can all agree, he definitely projects more of that interior defensive lineman, defensive tackle type player. He's just a little bit under 300 pounds. Another big IMG win too. You know, we talked. You talked about getting Tamari Wilson. Tamari Wilson, you could argue, was the biggest win because it opened the IMG pipeline for Florida. So, you know, getting Will Norman uh, that continues that pipeline. You know, he's a extremely talented uh, defensive tackle. Uh, also, a freak athlete. This is a guy that just started playing football, believe it or not, because he was a basketball player. So he is a you know definitely has that athletic ability where coming from the you know his basketball days and now translating it to the football field. So he's a guy, too, that I mean, you know, just because we, I, I harp on this defensive tackle is such a huge position of need. I mean, I could honestly say any of the defensive tackles, defensive linemen that we're recruiting in this class could make an impact year one just because that we need them. We need them to potentially be ready. And he's definitely already has the size, the physical traits, uh, the athletic ability. I mean, his tape is, is definitely um, great. You know, he is extremely disruptive. I mean, of course, he plays on IMG, which, you know, IMG tends to dominate a lot of their opponents. Uh, but, you know, he really does have the, the, the tools to already be ready to play at the Power 5 level next year. So, once again, great get. Another guy that we had talked about uh, a couple of podcasts ago that we first saw maybe making a decision earlier, and it finally happened. And I think when when you get these big recruiting wins, like a Kelby Collins, like a Jaden Robinson, like a Cameron James, who we're going to talk about next, it starts to get the ball rolling. The momentum continues and it gets a guy like Will Norman ready. He's like, all right, now I got to join the class because defensive line spots are starting to fill up. So great, get good job by the staff to finally close this deal. Yeah. Will Norman's a special player. I mean, I, I hate to make comparisons, but I, I liken him to Gervon Dexter 2.0. You think about Gervon. He was a guy that started out uh, as he got noticed by, by different, um, universities he's a mid to low four star but then as he began to pick up steam and as he began to go through the camp circuit 
he was somebody that scouts could not take their eyes off. And he was already committed to Florida. He was a four-star, became a five-star. I think Will Norman is one of the guys that could make a run for an increase in his ranking. Now, I'm not going to make the prediction that he's going to be a five-star, but he, he, he could very well be a top 100 player by the time he's done for this senior year. 6'5", almost 300 pounds, like Chris said. I'm real excited about Will, and I think he's going to be an incredible addition to this recruiting class. I think we can all agree. I mean, as Chris said, we can all probably agree he best projects inside. I think we also agree he has he is responsible for one of the best photographs to ever hit the internet from a recruit with that Lambo with the swamp in the background. Probably coming from Hugh Hathcock, but nonetheless, that's just fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just another freak athlete. I mean, I think he's officially listed at 290, but I mean, that's that's pure muscle pretty much ridiculously strong bully in the trenches. We talk about bullying in, in schools in a bad sense. Well, this is a bully in a really good sense that you want on your team. Cause he can just, he can just muscle guys out of the way and just throw them down without a ton of effort. Um, obviously it's not going to work that way in the sec guys are going to be bigger and stronger. They're going to have better techniques. So he's going to have to make that adjustment. Um, but you know, if, if the pass rush moves get developed with coach chaos, I think he could be a very, very problematic interior defensive lineman for opponents to have to deal with. So I see him more as a project. I don't know that I liken him to, to Dexter right away because Dexter came and, and played pretty quickly. Um, maybe Norman has to take another year or two to, to learn those pass rush moves, maybe get that technique better, but definitely someone that, that could be a, a real problem in the middle for Florida in the trenches. So three of the five commits down, Staying with the defensive line, because that was where Florida stayed throughout the weekend. Cameron James, commitment number four. Again, another big-time defensive lineman uh, or big-time interior defensive lineman commit for Florida. Chris, what do we think? You know, this is a guy I'm glad, I'm glad we finally closed on because, I, you know, he had been a Florida lean for so long. It, it really was us in Georgia uh, for the last couple of months. And the longer that rec this recruitment would have lingered, I think you had kind of alluded to it on a few podcasts. You're concerned that if it lingered, you, that's why you felt Georgia might be starting to take the lead. But this this just goes to show that the staff has that ability to close. They finally closed the recruitment of Will Norman. They finally closed the recruitment of Cameron James. As far as what he projects at the next level, I do think he's a little bit raw. I think this of all the guys actually that we got committed on the defensive line, uh, this past weekend, I think he's probably the one that might take the most time to get uh, SEC – game power five ready you know he he has um you know a great frame you know six six uh, 265 pounds you know a good athlete plays basketball as well you know i think he probably might start out a defensive end but certainly if he put some weight on he could slide in and play defensive tackle as well i think he's, he's very flexible due to his size and his frame but if you turn on his film i mean he manhandles everybody on the defensive line like I mean, he will, he throws quarterbacks to the ground. I mean, he is extremely violent to the point of attack, exactly the type of guys you want uh, on your defensive line. But that being said, I do think that just because of, you know, the, of where we don't know fully where he projects yet on the defensive line and where he'll make his impact, I do think he's probably going to take a little bit longer before he makes that impact, like maybe Will Norman or uh, Kelby Collins will make. 
in the program. That's how I just see it. Um, but, you know, this still nonetheless is a great get. On three has him rated as a top 25 overall player in the country. Uh, the moment he was offered by Florida, people started turning heads and realizing that this guy is very talented and he was very underrated, flying under the radar. Um, so I, I, I think his, I don't think he's done rising. I, I project that he becomes a top 100 player before it's all said and done. I think all other, the other outlets are going to catch up to on three, maybe not top 25, five star range, but I do think he'll be a consensus four star when it's all said and done. And I see him as a consensus top 100 player as well. So Glad that the staff finally got this um, closed on this recruitment and we got another big victory over Kirby Smart in Georgia. Yeah, man, Chris, I agree with you. I mean, you look at the on three, the, not the not the on three composite, but the actual rating by on three by by Gators online. And he's a top 25 player, number 23 in the country, um, still rated a four star in that. But, I mean, you look at rivals in ESPN, and he's actually unranked by both those. doesn't make any sense. I think once ESPN and rivals see what 247 Sports and on three are seeing, I think it's going to be game over. I think he'll be a top 100 player. And the one thing I love about this, about Cameron James, is that he's versatile. Okay, He's athletic. You mentioned that he played multiple sports. I think he's a guy that, like you said, he'll, he'll probably start out at strong side, defensive end, but he could end up being a defensive tackle. Point is, once he really masters the fundamentals and once he's coached up by Coach Chaos, he's going to be a guy that has to be on the field, wherever he is, defensive end, defensive tackle, three technique, whatever he is, he's a guy that has to be on the field. I'm excited about watching him, seeing how he develops. And to what you said earlier, he's a guy that I wish, I wish that he had eligibility this year. Yeah. I mean, Chris, you, you were talking about how I alluded to how I was, I was concerned that he was headed to Georgia. I outright predicted on the pod. I'm pretty sure that I outright said, yeah, I'm predicting him to go to Georgia. Um, just, just because I know he liked them. And we all know that that staff is tremendous at closing, but to your point, it looks like we've got a staff that can close too. Um, the point that you made about Will Norman, uh, a, a recruit ago, as we go down this list, elite, elite, elite athleticism. If we're just, if we're solely judging traits, this is a five-star athlete. Now he's not a five-star defensive lineman because there's other things that go into what makes a recruits ranking than just pure athleticism, but in terms of athletic ability, five-star athleticism, very good basketball player too. Um, he's got great feet. He's got closing speed. Again, I, as was the case with Norman, I would like to see him work on his pass rush moves with coach chaos a bit, but he has been able to bully offensive linemen in high school in a way that he won't be able to at the college level because the natural talent in his opposition will go way up. But the, the way that he has been able to bully offensive linemen in high school is definitely a nice thing to see on tape. If the pass rush moves, if the technique as the defensive lineman goes up, as I have no reason to believe it will not, this is a kid that, Within a couple of years, as Chris said, I think this is going to be the, the kid that takes the longest to develop. But once he does, this is a kid that will be a playmaker for Florida. Could definitely see him on some all SEC lists. Maybe 
maybe even make a run for some All-American recognition when it's all said and done. So that's four of the five guys we got this past weekend. Um, Florida did a lot of work on that 2023 class last weekend, especially in the trenches. But to cap off the weekend, they got started on their 2024 class with linebacker Miles Graham. This is the son of a Florida legend in Ernest Graham. So not necessarily the hardest kid to land, but was a kid that was definitely looking at other schools. Initially from South Florida, moving up to Atlanta to play his junior season there. Chris, what do we think? I mean, what better way to start off the 2024 class with a top 100 kid at a major position to need long-term? Um, Graham is a model, a battle we had to have being that he is a legacy. Um, you know, as Ernest Graham, I think had kind of alluded to in his, you know, his, um, his tweet or his post about after his son committed that he, you know, he's proud that he went his own way and decided to do it his way. Uh, but he definitely was looking at other schools, this like Georgia to be one being that he was at state there. So this was, a, this was a, not a, a layup. We had to, we had our work cut out for us and the staff put the legwork in, got him to campus multiple times over the summer and closed this deal. And now he's a headliner of the class that can start building 2024. I do predict over the next couple of weeks, we see a, a handful of 2024 kids start to commit because I think this is sort of gets the ball rolling on that and, and moves that forward. So just a great get. And I mean, his tape's great. I mean, he plays running back. He's very physical uh, on the offensive side of the ball, running the football downhill runner. Obviously he's going to play linebacker though at the college level. And right there too, he's a very violent hitter. This is a guy that definitely I see playing inside linebacker. Uh, and he, he is a disruptor in the front seven. So great get glad that we finally got 2024 rolling. And I think it's going to be a, one of many big things to come for that class. Yeah, no, it's, this is, this is unprecedented. I mean, Miles Graham, obviously his, his connection with, with Ernest Graham, one of the, one of the best running backs of all time to play for the Florida Gators. Um, I mean, it's huge for this 2024 class. I mean, you look at his offer list, you have, of course, Florida, but Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia, I mean, Notre Dame. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of the offers that this guy has um, without even getting into his junior uh, his, his junior year of football. I mean, this is based on sophomore year tape, and he's already, he's already considered top 50 and the second-ranked linebacker in the country, according to the 247 Sports Composite. And like you said, Chris, his tape is phenomenal. He plays both sides of the ball. Obviously, he's going to be a linebacker. And I know, again, said it before, I, I, I tend to be very positive about these things, but I don't see how this guy isn't a Gator legend. I mean, it's in his blood. He's, he's, he, he's been a Gator his whole life. He's seen the greats. He's, he's seen the, um, you know, you go back to Brandon Seiler in, in, uh, in 2006. You go back to Earl Everett in 2006. I mean, the list goes on and on of Gator great at linebacker. And I think Boz Graham is going to live up to that and be a Gator great, be it All-American. Um, yeah. The bar high. Yeah, got to. I'm, well, yeah, he... and, and I think and, – and one thing I'll say is this. You're absolutely right, Chris. He is going to set the, the 2024 class 
on fire. And to my, to my understanding, there's not even a hashtag yet for 2024. And we're already setting this class on fire. The buzz and the excitement is unreal. Yeah, well, I mean, it should be when you get the, the first snowball um, or the first domino to fall being the guy that was or the guy that is the son of Florida legend Ernest Graham. He definitely runs the ball like Ernest Graham's son. I can definitely say that when he's getting the ball um, on offense. Obviously, as Chris said, he projects better at linebacker than he does at running back. I think he uses that that running back DNA and, and that, that natural IQ uh, of a running back to his advantage too on the defense. Cause he just has this nose where the ball is going to be. He can sort of detect where a running back is going to cut to. I think he thinks along with the running back and picks the right gap based on that and just levels a running back. And I mean, there are plenty of players like that on his high school tape. Uh, yeah. Just a playmaker, just, just a high upside playmaker. Uh, he's a track guy too. He can throw the, he can throw a javelin pretty far. Um, so that's how we got started on the 2024 class. I don't think it is a coincidence that Florida landed, or maybe it's a semi-coincidence, but it's not completely unrelated that Florida got their 24 class going on the same weekend uh, that they unveiled a brand new facility. So guys, let's cap the pod this way. We have a brand new facility, as we all know, that just opened $85 million well spent. It was the vision of Jim McElwain, of all people, that finally came to fruition here. But it is done. It is it is a real thing now, not just a reality. So what do we think of the future of recruiting with this facility now being a real thing? I think it puts us on par now, finally, with the elite programs. Um, I, I, I mean, you know, it's the brand new facility of college football. So in a way, it is probably one of the elite, if not the elite football facility in all of college football now, but it puts us on par with places like Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia, you know, the big schools that have had a standalone facility for a long time and they have been able to recruit off of it. So now that's one less thing that people can negatively recruit against us. That being said, it's not going to be the only thing though, that factors in recruiting because recruiting has changed dramatically now uh, since the advent of NIL last year. So it's a huge component to it. And I do love that how we've got the, the, the Gator Made program in there. And I think it's going to enhance the player experience. That's one of the things that Billy Napier talks about is enhancing the player experience. It's not just about coming here to play football. That's a component of it. But it's the academics. It's the development of, of, of young men. It, you know, it's making them a professional for whenever they leave football that they're ready for it. So this facility you know, it's just the icing on the cake for all of that to allow them to have an incredible time while they're at the University of Florida and enhances the experience. So it definitely puts us on par, if not maybe just a little bit above those schools that I've mentioned before. But we had to have it. We finally have it. It's a great day for Gator football because of it. Yeah, Chris. And I just want to say that it's a big deal for recruiting, but it's also a big deal for team success and team unity. I mean, uh, Coach Napier mentioned in his in his uh, recent press conference that having this facility literally saves the team 36 minutes, 18 minutes walking from the locker room facility at the uh, at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium at the Swamp and walking to the practice field and then walking back after practice to the locker facility in, in the Swamp. 36 minutes. That's 36 minutes the team could be working on drills, preparing, watching film. 
th- this facility is going to be an absolute game changer for for the for the the current team. And also, you want to talk about recruiting nowadays with the transfer portal. It's just as important to keep the guys on the roster on the roster. It's just as important to do that as it is to recruit guys that are in high school or at other schools to be Gators. And part of doing that is creating an environment where those players want to stay. And players that think about leaving or going somewhere else, they come into that brand new facility. They go to that barber shop. They get their mixtape done at the, the recording studio. Um, they see all the J's on the wall. And they are, and any player that, that, that might have a thought of leaving, they're going to have second thoughts immediately. Um, it's massive. And don't take my word for it. Don't take Chris's. Don't take Neil's word for it. Go on social media. If you haven't already, um, I encourage you listening right now, um, get your phone out, go on social media, and read what the players, the current players, have to say about the impact this facility has. And I think that's all you need to hear. That's all you need to see. I think y'all have pretty much taken all the talking points I wanted to make. I mean, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, Florida's on par with Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. I don't think I don't think the facility is markedly better than than all those places facilities, but it's it's definitely as good. It's not significantly worse. It's not like. You know Miami, where you you can't just sit down and stretch out. You don't have any leg room because it looks like at both sides of an aisle of a party bus. You actually have room to chill and just you know have your own personal space. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it definitely is is a component that works in Florida's favor now. Whereas before we couldn't say that. I am sad that we had to tear down the old McKeith Stadium to build it. I, I mean, I, I love that place, but. You know, that's just how it goes. You got to take some stuff down in order to build some even nicer stuff. That's how the world works. Chris is an architect. You know that um, more than anyone. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this pod. It was definitely a big week for the Gators on the trail. Five guys committing to the Gators last weekend or in the span from Wednesday to Sunday, at least. That puts the Gators 2023 class in the top 10 and gets the 2024 class off and running. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and a nice review on iTunes. We would definitely appreciate that. Got two weeks to go until kickoff, y'all. Almost there. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and go Gators. I think I got to do it. Go Gators! Go Gators. (laughs) Go Gators, y'all. Yeah, by the way, that's what we do. That's what we do. Big time. Big time recruiting weekend. Got to call it. Go Gators.